come on, Dad. You got it. You got it, Dad. Come on, come on. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. Come on, Dad. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Sandgren community. You lights in the darkness. Yeah, lighting the path when the shadows are trying to take over. You are truly amazing. Hey, I just want to welcome you all. If you haven't realized it, you're at the Sanguine Podcast, and I am Tom Baldwin, and this podcast is all about the incredible faith journey, walk, adventure, all that stuff, plus so much more that I just can't think of right now because I was late taking my vitamins. No, well, I actually was, but... Sometimes I'm just at a loss for words, but I had plenty of them there. Fabulous, awesome journey, incredible life with Jesus, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, where here we strip off religion, we strip off all those things, meaningless traditions, meaningless rituals. Okay, there are some traditions and rituals that have meaning, and we like to keep those because they enhance and give really that warm, fuzzy feeling to the substance that is already hearty in our faith. And who doesn't like warm and fuzzy? I'm Yeah, I like warm and fuzzy. Even caterpillars, which that's kind of a creepy warm and fuzzy, but I even like that. So, if you didn't get, we're just, I'm here, us, this community, just trying to be real and trying to show each other. And maybe those of you out there that are on the fence or you're totally on the other side and you guys are like, you're kooks. Well, it does appear that way, but hang around a while. You may, you will, and you are changing your mind. So, yes, this community is worldwide. It is growing. I love to see the numbers. I can't see all the numbers, but I get a snapshot, and that snapshot is enough to see that this audience is growing. And those of you out there that listen are either sharing it or you're telling two people to listen and you quit listening. So it looks like my numbers are growing up, which that would be quite a feat. But, yeah, I mean, that's a unique way of going at it. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, sometimes I get on these sidetracks and you're just like, yes, yes, Tom, we know. Just uh, try to focus. All right. Hey, as you guys, gals, all you that listen out there, thank you. This is the Sanguine Podcast. I am Tom Baldwin. I live in Belgrade, Montana, and I think I'm approaching probably almost 80 episodes. So I've been doing this, you know, uh, for quite a while, over a year, doing one podcast a week. Sometimes I get behind, but I always publish them on a weekly basis. So the schedule is always showing one a week. And so sometimes I get behind, but then then I catch up. So anyway, what you can do for me, you can either share me with a friend. If you enjoy this, if I make you laugh, you can also rate me on Apple Podcasts. That so helps get me visibility out there. If you just take the time and we just, you know, unfortunately, these rating systems are a little rigged. And if you don't do five stars, it just really doesn't have much meaning, which I don't really like because I think there's always room for improvement and rarely do we all get it perfect. But that would be so much appreciated. And hey, you can always, and I'm serious about this, and many of you do, email me at 406bigt at gmail.com. Absolutely love to hear from you, and it's super fun, and your input is super helpful, and sometimes, most of the time, super encouraging. But that's not just the kind of inf- the input I want. I want the input that helps me be better. Like when my son, Porter, told me, 
Dad, I stopped listening because your commercials are awful. That was highly valuable input. I so appreciated that input. And lastly, sanguinefaith.com is where the uh, player is. That's where my RSS feed comes from. I mean, obviously, I'm on, I believe, every podcast platform that's out there, unless there's one I haven't heard about. So Pandora, you know, uh, oh, how come I can't think of them? Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, boy, uh, iHeartRadio. Yes, I'm on all of those. Anyone that you can think about, I'm on those. And so, hey, back to the intro, which really doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the subject matter, but it does have to do with my life this morning as my son and I, Wallace, my son that is the football player, went to the gym and we we're lifting today. And you just have to know that like a lot of you, COVID-19 has interrupted my life and the gym has been one of those things that has been interrupted. So haven't been back to the gym in a long time. And the last time I was at the gym, I was quite strong. Well, today I approached the barbell, like Mr. Barbell, I'm as strong as I was when I left. And so I went straight to it and started lifting hard. Boy, started to feel my muscles tighten up. And just like any good man, you just ignore that, right? You, you don't do anything about that. So we did squats and my legs are getting tight and my back's a little tight. And then we do deadlift and I'm, I'm trying to do what I did before, which just a uh, spoiler alert, didn't even come close, but well, I shouldn't say I didn't come close. I'm still freaking stronger than most guys my age. Okay. Should that make me feel better? I'm not sure. Probably not. It's kind of some flawed reasoning, especially I talk about that kind of reasoning in the Yup podcast. So I would just refer myself to the Yup podcast. Tom, listen to the stuff that you talk about is actually really good. <laughs> anyway, so I did a deadlift, did multiple deadlifts, tweaked my back. Okay. And it didn't feel so bad at the time, but, you know, it's like after I let go of the barbell, you know, it's kind of like on those cartoons where I kind of like took and had to push myself up, you know, and uh, so I continued to do more deadlifts, did bench. Oh my gosh, here I am at home, man. I have been putting on, you know, we don't use Ben Gay anymore or Icy Hot like I did in high school. Now the cool stuff is BioFreeze. And uh, so I'm slathering on the BioFreeze and I'm actually feeling better. But after I sit down for a while, man, it's some deal to get up. And so anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I told you stories. It's kind of entertaining. And sometimes it's nice to know, at least I appreciate when people tell stories about their stupid episodes because it makes me feel a little better when I don't make the best decisions. And it's like, oh, other people do that too. And we all don't get it perfect. And so it's actually a great segue into what I'm talking about because what I want to talk about today is righteousness and specifically how it relates to us in the Christian faith and how do we attain righteousness and how do we become righteous. And for a lot of you out there, I think that answer is varied. You know, the, the true answer to the question, but I don't think it's how most people live out their lives. And that's where the majority of the discussion is going to be that we cannot do anything to achieve righteousness except one thing. So no acts of penance, you know, no good works, you know, that outweigh the bad works. None of that, because the scriptures are very clear that said all have sinned. Okay, that's one sin. One sin, we have fallen short of the glory of God. And basically translated that into redneck layman language as it means you're out. 
Okay, one sin. Not too many of us make it very far until we hit that one sin. And I think we usually hit that one sin. We don't even really know we did it. Maybe some of you, you're just like, oh, no, I know know which one that was, you know, the first one. Anyway, so that disqualifies us from, according to the Bible, how we become righteous. But in the general sense, and in the sense like of Christians and that term, you know that I'm not very fond of that term, but there is this sense that we can do more good than bad. And, and, you know, especially in the United States, if you do more good than bad, then that outweighs the bad. And for a lot of us, you know, that would entail, oh, I'm just going to do this really big act of service, or I'm going to do that. And, you know, what it does, and I think this is where this belief stems from, even though we can have a head knowledge, this experiential knowledge outweighs it because when we do a really good act, it eases and cleanses our consciousness. Now, I think that was something that God designed in us because it helps us like that. And I probably releases the hormone oxytocin, the feel good, the bonding hormone when we do acts like that, because it helps us connect and it helps us to build a pattern of behavior and it helps us to build community. So it's no wonder for our own success that that's part of our design. And if you're out there on the fringes and you believe the evolutionary model, well, that falls true in that model too, because without compassion, without bonding, without community, we would not survive as a human race. So if you believe that our systems evolved into that, it makes sense. And I just, I know there are people out there that don't necessarily have a Christian faith, and I welcome you. You're always welcome. I'm sorry if occasionally I make you feel uncomfortable. Just I ask for your forgiveness. I welcome you, and I desire you to be here because I want to present something that causes you to think and think and contemplate. Yes, the good stuff that leads to good decisions, whether you keep your decision where you're at, but chances are you're changing your mind even now as your mind changes. Hmm. Anyway, back to righteousness. What makes us righteous? Well, according to the scriptures, the ancient texts, which have huge historical validity and backup to their content, to their authenticity, and to their accuracy, according to prophecy, which lends accuracy to the rest of what they say, is that there's no act that we can perform to make us righteous. And that if it did, it would only last a short season till yet that sin came in again, which in my life, even though it slowed down a bit, it still happens fairly frequently. And my goal is to continue to slow that down. And those of you that have read the Old Testament or portions of it, you're like, what the heck is this here for? Well, for one, there are just super cool stories about God's supernatural intervention and his use of people, which is highly encouraging. And it's wonderful that no, our God works in that way and worked in that way in the past. And I believe because James says that he does not change like shifting shadows. And so same God then and here. Old Testament was and the old covenant, the law, the Ten Commandments, and all the laws that came around that were that were laid out around the Ten Commandments and all the things according to sacrifices and when sacrifices and how sacrifices are given and you know when you can work, when you can't work, how many steps that you can take on the Sabbath. All of that stuff was a forerunner to Jesus. Okay. And you're like, well, how so? It's because it showed that we could not, as hard as we tried, and as clearly as the rules were outlined, that we could not keep them. We, in our own effort, just don't have the ability to be righteous. 
to have righteousness on us. And so the only way that we can become righteous, and this is fast forwarding from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the 500 years of silence between the Old Testament and the arrival of Jesus on the scene and the beginning of the New Testament, the recording of the new, the good news, the recording of the good news begins. And so Jesus came and we're not going to get into all the details, but Jesus became the perfect sacrifice because he became a man like us. And so the, the scriptures say he took on human form and he was a man like us, but he was also God. And that was very evident by the miracles that he performed, that he was also God. And so he lived a life without sin. And so as you look at Jesus' life and his interactions, you're just like, man, well, that's pretty cool. You know, and the miracles that he did and that he lived a life without sin. So he was able by dying and then resurrecting because it gave validity to what he said and who he was. And so he conquered death, sin conquered death. So he took our sin, took it to the grave, took it away. Okay, that's all of our sin. So that is the sin that you did, the sin you're doing now, and the sin that you will do right now. And right, you know, sometimes sin happens that fast and it's hard for us to understand. But Jesus, when he did that act, it was past, present, and future. And so he took all the sin away, which separated us from God. But he also did something else. And this is really cool. And this is the point that I want to talk about just for a little while. But he imputed righteousness on us. Okay. It's nothing we did other than accepting and welcoming into our lives, which some of you are doing that. Even now you're just like, that's super cool. Okay. That's how you do it. You're just like, Hey, I'm ready to give up my sins to you and accept you into my life. Cool and cool. Welcome to the adventure. But on us, this is like grabbing the coat out of the closet, the coat of righteousness that Jesus said, as you put that on, Everyone around you, all the judges and the juries, even though you committed those crimes, once you put that code on, you're considered righteous. A legal proclamation, judgment, by putting that code on, you are righteous by the virtue of that code. And so when Jesus did the work and you accepted it and that became imputed to you, Kind of a cool word. I don't I actually don't really like it because I don't think most people have a good grasp of what that means. Why I use the code example, but it's even more than that. It's like it is something that permeated your skin, like maybe nanobots, those of you that are sci-fi out there, permeated your skin, can never come off. You can never not be righteous once you welcome Jesus in. And so you are nanobot righteous. And so it is on you and it can't leave. And what I'm, what I believe is that most followers of Jesus, those that are part of this faith adventure, know that is head knowledge, but they don't know it in the acting out of their everyday lives. Because as you're righteous, there's some beliefs and there's some mindsets that 100% follow being righteous. Okay. When you're righteous, then you become deserving and, uh, Oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? 
Deserving is a good word. So often we're just like, I did this bad thing and I did this bad thing and I did this bad thing. You know what the scriptures talk about is that your father in heaven, how much better he is than this earthly father and how much better gifts he has. But you know what you're out there saying? Not me, God. I don't deserve it. Hey, let me do some good works. Okay, don't get me wrong. God loves to see us do good works and we do good works out of our gratitude, but it does nothing for our standing with God. But there is this innate belief that's in between these ears and those ears out there that believes that makes a difference with our standing. Okay, now I would be neglect in saying that in our reward in heaven, it is gauged on the works we do, but as far as our standing in getting to heaven, you cannot do anything else than Jesus to gain a better standing. It is impossible. So as you become a son and daughter by accepting the work Jesus did, and you're in the kingdom, so you're a righteous son and daughter, so those gifts and those things that belong to an heir Those are yours. And I often see, I believe that I sometimes can literally see it when God's trying to hand some to one of his righteous sons and daughters that just made a mistake. They did sin, but righteousness is imputed on them. So they are still righteous. Nothing has changed about their standing. There was not a microsecond of unrighteousness. And those of you believe that, I would just say, look a little deeper Look at the big picture of who Jesus and God is, and I think you'll change your mind. But they say, because of that, no, I'm disqualified, or I can't serve in that fashion. So there's a great opportunity for God to use them to have impact, but they look at their unrighteousness, which God doesn't see, FYI, God doesn't see, because you have that nanobot righteousness that Jesus gave you. It's not really nanobot, imputed righteousness from Jesus himself that went the distance for you, but you're disqualifying yourself because you see yourself as unrighteous. And God's like, what is the deal with these people? And so this podcast is all about if you are trying to make yourself feel better by doing good works and that eases your conscience, well, those are good, but it's the wrong reason, and you're kind of wasting your time. You should do good works to build your reward in heaven because you know that you are righteous. You're just like semantics. Yes, but it means everything because in the reality creator of the imagination, we have to get our thinking right. And so as we believe what the scriptures say, that we are righteous sons and daughters, then our imagination can begin to build a future reality because we're as like, wow, as righteous sons and daughters, I'm going to choose to utilize this gifting. I'm going to believe God for the money because I am righteous because of Jesus. Okay. So often we get stuck. Why do you deserve that? And if we're honest, we don't other than Jesus. Okay. That's why this is so important. Why we have to realize that there's nothing that we can do that affects our standing. And we have to get a huge grip that our standing is righteousness, upright, right before God, made right, not wrong, not ever wrong, not ever lapsing into wrong. We are righteous. And so we have to let our hearts and our souls and our actions catch up with that head knowledge. And I think so often there is, and our society really helps foster this false belief by, you know, angels earning their wings. And everything is about, you know, you do yourself to earn this. And so how can there be something like Jesus out there where you just by accepting him, 
you are proclaimed righteous. Now, if that was available through the Bales bondsmen, man, I'll tell you, I would start a new business because every criminal is going to be like, oh, I want that righteousness. I want that imputed on me because, man, I 100% know I'm guilty, but I don't want to be. There's some Christians that want to be guilty and they want to be down in the dumps or it appears that way. And so if you're one of those I encourage you to realize that you have that nanobot, not really, okay, righteousness, that imputed righteousness. It is like it is, it has been impregnated into you. You can't get it out. When God looks at you, he sees righteousness. And when others look at you, that's what they should see also. Now, do we have to improve the fruit? Yes, but I think that improves by understanding who we are and the price that Jesus went to and the greatness of that gift. Do you understand the greatness of this gift? Even as I'm having this discussion here on this podcast, that is huge. All right, so, hey, I appreciate you guys being a light. Hey, if you're on the fence, I'm just going to prophesy over you. You are hearing what you need to hear and you are being in the places you need to be and you are coming the place that your heart desires. And so Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're meeting everyone, the seekers and the doers out there, those that are taking action on their faith. Thank you. Just reveal yourself to them. Just encourage them. And uh, friends, I so appreciate you. Hey, you know, throw me a review on Apple Podcasts, like the five stars, you know, if uh, spoken to you, you've got something out of it or you laughed. I so appreciate that. Hey, sanguinefaith.com. Those of you that support me, thank you. So appreciate that. And those of you that are thinking about it, no pressure. God provides for me. And if you want to be a part of that blessing, I would appreciate it. But I will continue on as long as, long as God gives me breath to do this. So have a fantastic day as uh, Porter Baldwin takes us out of uh, this podcast. And we will see you on the next cycle. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Just some exit notes here. If uh, you're listening to this, you're listening to one of three podcasts. There are two other podcasts you might be interested in. So there is my Sanguine podcast. There is the Yup podcast and a podcast specifically designed for encouraging women of all ages. The Yes Women podcast. I just encourage you to go and try some more of Tom Baldwin's podcast.